Hello, this is Father Mike Walker of Father Mike's Podcast, Father Mike's Bible Study Podcast, and the Catholic Combine, the pastor of St. Cecilia Catholic Church in Beaverton, Oregon. If you would like more information about the parish or the podcast, please feel free to email me at frmikewalker at gmail.com. And now, today's podcast. So growing up with my brother and I, um, there were a few words that we could never say, and there were a few words that we could never say to our parents. Uh, I don't know how many of you have those kinds of words, but there were two things in particular that I couldn't imagine saying to my parents. So one was, I hate you. It was just the, the idea of saying that would be something that's unthinkable. The other one was, no. Now, we could say, um, can I wait until after the movie's done? Or can I do it tomorrow? I mean, we could try to negotiate, but one thing that we knew is we couldn't just say no. And there was one time my brother and I, we were at the store, and there was a family, and one of the kids uh, was telling their parents and yelling at them, saying, I hate you. And my brother is talking to me, goes, did you hear what that kid said? And I'm like, yeah. It was just so... Uh, something that's just so unthinkable that, that a kid would ever say that. And actually, to this day, I don't hear it often, but when I do, I just cringe. You know, it's just it's something there's not, uh, it's just not how things are supposed to be. Well, if that's in our day and our age, which pretty much anything goes in our day and age, um, imagine how it was 2,000 years ago. Uh, for example, having a kid say no to a command or an order by the parent was it was unthinkable back then as well and when Jesus gives this parable he has these two sons and to the one son he says go out to the vineyard and work and the son says no now that would have been something that instantly would have the hearer would have responded and, and, and rejected like oh how could that be possible that's such a shameful thing and then the second son that said yes but didn't do it in their mind at that time they would have thought that if Jesus would have asked the question, which was the better son, they would have said the son that said yes but didn't do it. But Jesus made them say what they didn't want to say because he said, which of the two sons did the father's will? And they had to admit it was the son that said no, but then changed his mind, repented, and did it. And now, there's an easy lesson in this, and that is that obedience is more important than appearances. Because in that day and time, it seems that appearances were more important than obedience. And so Jesus was trying to remind them that God doesn't always see things like we see them. And actually, even in our own world, I think for many of us, appearances are more important than obedience. Uh, we, we often make decisions based on appearances, and we uh, tend to do things because of appearances, but God calls us to something better than that. And that's the point of this parable. Now, there's a, another lesson to be had here, and it has to do with understating or under-promising and over-delivering, or the opposite. So let me give you a couple examples of that. Uh, so a while back, I was visiting a family, and while I was visiting them, uh, the, uh, the mother and the wife said, oh, here, and she hands me this jar of pickles. And I go, oh, thanks. You know, I, didn't really expect pickles, but anyway, that's great. You know, I've known this family for a long time, so you never know what to expect. Well, anyway, what you may not know is um, I know pickles pretty well. Now, 
If I go to a store and buy pickles, I'm not messing with Nally or Vlasic or, or any of those kind of things. I'm going, I'm going Clausen. You know, those, those are the good pickles. You know, they got to be crunchy, have the right flavor. Well, anyway, I got these pickles home and I thought, oh, I'll try one of them. And I ate one. And I was like, wow, that is the best pickle. And so I, I called her up and said, how did you make these? And she goes, oh, I just threw them together. You know, so it was so understated. She just kind of hands me a jar without saying anything. And then when I ask her how she made them, she goes, oh, I just threw them together. You know, it's an example of something that is understated or under-promised but over-delivered, right? Now, there's the opposite of that. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, we had comic books. And in these comic books, they would have these advertisements. And one of the advertisements they had was called Sea Monkeys. And they had these pictures of these sea monkeys and they were like on thrones and they were kings and queens and princesses and, but they're in the water and so you were thinking like wow if I just buy these things I'll have these magical kind of humanoid kind of creatures that are in the water and they've got their own little kingdoms and little dogs and everything anyway this is what I thought because that's what it was advertising in, in, the, in the comic books well I never had enough money or, or effort to actually buy any of these things but one day I had a friend of mine, he says, Mike, I've got sea monkeys, do you want to see them? I'm like, yes, you know, sea monkeys, I want to see those sea monkeys. Because uh, in my mind I had this vision of what they were going to be like. And so he walks me into his room and points them out and there's this little aquarium and there's these really, really brine shrimp thing that are swimming in there. And that, that was it. They're just like little shrimp. Now, now keep in mind as I grew up also spending summers in my grandparents' boat on the ocean, so I know what shrimp look like. This is nothing fantastic, right? I'm like, that's it? It's like, shrimp? So anyway, that's an example of something that's oversold and underdelivered. You know, but the combination of these, um, and I think that's kind of what Jesus is getting at, is the way that God works is much different than the way we work. That he doesn't go on appearances, he goes on obedience. And he tends to undersell a little bit, but he overdelivers, And we can see that in the lives of the saints. Uh, we see them throughout the Bible. For example, Abraham, he was just some guy who lived in a city called Ur in Mesopotamia, but God called him uh, to be the father of all the nations. And because of his obedience, he became something he couldn't, could have never have been on his own. Uh, the same thing could be said for Moses. Uh, Moses was an escapee from Egypt who was hiding and he stuttered and God called him and he became the great deliverer of the Hebrews and brought them into the promised land and gave them the law. King David, he was the last of all of the sons and when it came time for, uh, when it came time for Nathan to pick uh, the next king of Israel, uh, when they brought him in, uh, he had all the sons lined up, the sons of Jesse, and, and then then he notices, like, where's your last son? And he goes, oh, he's, he's out with the sheep. You know, he, he was a shepherd. He said, no, bring him in. You know, so again, you know, the last of the sons, but he was brought in and eventually he would be consecrated king. He would be the one to be the golden era of the kingship of Israel in which all the other kings would be measured. And even Jesus' own time, he calls disciples who were fishermen. They didn't have any great skills or talents. They were fishermen. Kind of like most guys in Oregon, right? It's like we would never think of being called to be disciples of Jesus in that way. But this is what God does. He tends to take people who are the understated, who are the humble, who are the people that don't seem like they have a lot of promise on their own, but those are the ones that he over-delivers with. 
And we also see it throughout the lives of the saints. The greatest saints were the ones who were understated, but they over-delivered because they were obedient. And so that's a reminder to all of us that obedience is key. It's not about our appearances. Uh, we might think, well, I'm a great Catholic. I know how to do the sign of the cross. I even know the Hail Mary and the Our Father. Um, I got my rosary hanging from my car window. I mean, it's easy to kind of go with the appearances. And great, we need to be witnesses. We need to give testimony of the faith. But God really wants something more from us, and he wants his obedience. Okay, so the next question would be, well, how do we know what God wants? How do we know how to be obedient? And I think there are four things that, that really help us with this. Uh, the first would be that we know how to listen. You know, that when God speaks to us, we know how to listen. Easy enough. The second one, that we love him. Because we're not going to be interested in being obedient if it's not out of love. Uh, we can do great things and make great sacrifices when it comes to love, but without love, we just don't have the desire. The third one has to do with worship. You know, the idea that we actually offer something of ourselves, that we offer sacrifice. Uh, sacrifice of our time, our treasure, our talent, our very selves. We give that to the Lord when we worship. And then the last one is just service. And service is just nothing more than doing something for the sake of God whom we love because we know that's what he calls us to do. So with those four things, we can be obedient. Now, I want to talk briefly about that first step, and that is listening. Because I think as, as Catholics that, that we kind of know how to listen, which is to pray. We kind of know how to do that, but, but I'm afraid we actually pray often with too much activity and not enough listening. So let me give you an example of that. So um, I spent two summers in Tijuana as a seminarian, and my first summer, before I really even knew Spanish, I'm, I'm down there, and they were looking for people to sign up to do an adoration hour. And uh, they were looking to get people to show up in the middle of the night. So at 2 a.m., I signed up. I figured, well, I can roll out of bed and go pray for an hour and then go back to bed. Um, so I figured, well, I can handle this. It doesn't really matter that I don't speak Spanish, you know, because it's just prayer in front of the monstrance in, in the chapel. Well, anyway, 2 o'clock came, so I woke up and, and kind of, you know, went over to the chapel. And when I got into the chapel, there was another Mexican man who was next to me, and then there was me, and then there was uh, uh, the, the leader or the guide who was up at the ambo, and he had this big book of all these things that we had to do, and he gives us these handouts. Um, unfortunately, I don't know Spanish at this time, and then also unfortunately, the Mexican guy who was with me couldn't read. So anyway, he was getting frustrated, he's like, mas rapidamente, mas rapidamente. Nueva oración, nueva oración, and he's like going boom, boom, and he's pounding his book because I can't keep up, right? I'm trying to read, but I'm reading in English, even though it's Spanish. I'm like, and anyway, so the hour came and went, and I remembered I was wide awake now, you know, and anyway, I tried to go back to bed that night. So I suppose Jesus was somewhere in that chapel that day, but if he was, I didn't see him because I was spending so much time just trying to do all this activity. Well, maybe we're kind of like that sometimes. In our prayer, we tend to do too much activity. So it's like, I've got to get my rosaries and my Hail Marys and my Our Fathers and my Glory Bees, and, and, and it's all about what I'm doing. Boom, 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 boom. And, and I think we've missed somewhere along the line the idea of a contemplative or a mental kind of prayer, one where we're silent and we listen. It's not that hard. Um, it's one of those 
It's one of those areas I think that I just kind of assume that everyone knows this, but I'm going to say it just in case. Some of you might not. Um, but really, it doesn't take much time. So even like 15 minutes a day, if you just say, all right, you know, I'm just going to spend some quiet time with the Lord. Uh, maybe read a little bit of the Bible, but primarily, I'm going to be at the Lord's feet. I'm just going to be quiet. I'm going to listen, and I'm going to use my imagination. I'm going to talk to the Lord, but I'm going to listen to Him. And so in this process, again, we don't, we don't have to be like the, the greatest saints of all time in order for this to work. We just come in and we read a little thing. And like, for example, the, the parable that we had, we just imagine ourselves, okay, let's say I'm there. Let's say Jesus is giving this teaching and he has those two sons, one who's obedient, one who's not. And then I say, Lord, which one of those am I? Which one am I more like? Lord, what do I need to learn from this parable? And then spend some quiet time and listen to your heart. Um, imagine what Jesus may say to you in that moment. Uh, bring in public revelation, like maybe your familiarity with different prayers and lives of the saints and readings in the scriptures in the Bible. And, and just spend some time sitting and thinking about that. And then over time, what you'll find is um, it doesn't take much imagination. It's just something that we want to engage, the, we want to engage ourselves in and, and give ourselves the ability to not be saying and doing something so we can actually listen. Um, like this morning, just to give you another example, I was, I was just thinking about, okay, what if I'm at the pearly gates waiting to get into heaven? Um, what, what would I experience? And so I was thinking, first of all, that they seem kind of happy to see me. Well, okay, that's good, right? I'm imagining this, right? So some of you are going to say, well, you're just making it up. But I'm not just making it up because it is based on Scripture. It's based on different parables and different teachings. So anyway, I'm thinking like, oh, they're happy to see me. Okay, that's important, right? Because when I'm there, it's not like Jesus is looking at me like he wants to interrogate me or he wants to scold me or he wants to kick me out as fast as he can. You know, so, so that's something. And then the other one is, I wonder, because one of my questions is like, everyone has their particular sins. I wonder if mine are worse or better than others. Or I wonder if, for example, that, that my particular sins, like how do I measure up to everyone else? And something that came to mind is it doesn't matter. What matters is you follow me. You know, so it's easy for us to kind of get caught up in, in things that are not important, but it's more difficult to say, oh, again, it's not about how I measure up. It's about how I'm following and what Jesus is calling me to. Now, that's nothing unusual. It's not even great... It, it's not like a, a great insight even. It's just what the Bible pretty much says anyway. But the point is, is that the more that we sit and listen, the more that we will be open to where the Lord calls us. Now, ultimately in Jesus' parable, I wish he had a third option. Because the only two options we had is the one who said no and then went and did it, and the one that said yes but didn't do it. I think the third option would be better. The one that said yes and then just did it. You know, well, granted, that's what God calls us to. But we recognize that, yeah, we're broken, we're sinful, uh, we're messed up in many ways. But with God's help, even as humble, as understated as we are, he can turn that and he can make it through obedience something that shows his glory in a way that we could never have expected. So anyway, in this week, maybe we can try some of that. Uh, first of all, try to commit just a few minutes, like even 15 minutes. Find some quiet place or some quiet time. It might be when you first wake up or just before you go to sleep. It might be when you just happen to have some, um, some slack time and something you're doing. But just spend a little time 
thinking and imagining and praying with the Lord, but listening and being at his feet. And then the next thing is, just try to respond in some way as an obedient son or daughter of God, one who hears his calling, says yes, and does it. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. May God bless you and be with you as you live out your faith and serve the Lord this week.